Thanks for joining us for episode two of season five of Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Glenn, a business owner and communication strategist, and when I was a kid, I ate a fly. Not on a bed. It flew into my hot cocoa and I mistook it for a lump of chocolate. I would have expected that with, you know, a bed yeah, for well, a young boy. You know, at that stage, that was like fourth grade or whatever, where you do that kind of stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. It tasted about like you think a fly tastes. At least now I know what a fly tastes like. But do people think about what a fly would taste like? Yeah. I don't. don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. I'm Jody, Glenn's partner in life and business. And one time back in high school... I slipped on some ice when I was walking into the main building. And this was well before people started carrying backpacks. It wasn't like the trend. So I had all my books, like I think like, I don't know, 25. But I had them in like the front, like a hug style. So I slipped and that gave me no use of my arms. So I just kind of rolled back and forth and back and forth till I got enough momentum to get up on my knees and get upright. Nobody around would help you. Uh, No, this was high school, come on. And honestly, I'm lucky that it was at a time before cell phones. I would have become the how my day's going meme. Yeah, the the book (laughs) falling over on ice queen. On today's show, we discuss the work-life blend. That's right, not balance, blend. Then we interview business owners, authors, and all around great couple, Kaylee and Robert Fukui. And at the end of the show, Glenn quizzes me with an all-new either-or game. Yes. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. For our topic, we're going to talk about what we call the blend. The blend. We should definitely trademark that. Early on, people would ask us, oh, how do you do the work-life balance? How yes, do you do. manage to balance In things? In the beginning, that was all they asked. Not how it are you like, doing, yeah. not what you've been up to. What's, what's this blend stuff? So it's because we wanted to call it blend. Balance just, I don't know, it doesn't seem to fit. I know it's a word people use all the time, work-life balance, etc. Yeah. But when I think of the word balance... I think of it as trying to make two sides equal, you know, kind of like you're on a, I don't know, a seesaw maybe, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you have the scales and it's very hard to find anything in life that balances perfectly with the other aspect of your life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, or it pits it against each other. Like to have work-life balance means you have to have life and work, two separate categories and, you know, they do not in any way combine. And to me, that's not very realistic. You know, the blend kind of reminds me, the blend versus balance reminds me of that guy on the old TV variety show mm-hmm. that used to have the plates oh, that were the on spinning sticks. plates? Yeah, the spinning dun, plates. Da, 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 da. Is that the song that that's they would always play? That's the song. <laughs> and really what he's doing, he isn't balancing so much as he is blending because of mm-hmm. the different elements. And some of those plates are spinning fast, and some of them are getting a little bit wobbly, and they're right. slowing down and everything. <laughs> right. So that's kind of what pops into my mind sometimes. And the audience is going, ooh, oh, because they moved to different sides. Well, and... most of the audience has probably left by then, because it's... <laughs> it's... Okay, it's a guy with sticks and plates. Uh, we well, already back saw... In the, back in the day, it was kind yeah, of a big thing. I, I remember watching many show. a variety show featuring a that, and they'd always have it like where he would be on one side... And then the other plate would wobble, and the audience would be like, oh, 
oh, and you'd have to run over there. Entirely done on purpose. And I think they even had little holes where the, so. What? Yeah. It's, you mean he cheated? Yeah, I know. No. I know, spoiler. Not for the blend he didn't. No, but. Or the balance. It was kind of interesting because he, yes, quote unquote, balancing on sticks, these plates, but really he adapted the plates and he was spinning them. And it was at different times. Sometimes it was a little bit wobbly. Sometimes it was straight on spinning. But that's life. You yeah. know, you don't have this immediate like, okay, this is work. This is life. Ooh, look at the balance. Look at how it's even. Yeah, it's, or at least it's dinner. I always wanted to see food on those plates and see how he did then. <laughs> what kind of food? I mean, some food would probably be good. Others might be a little tricky to try to... Soup. Soup. That there you go. So whether it's a you're visualizing the spinning plates or seesaw, whatever you know, you kind of see that the what we're trying to say is that balance is exhausting and mm. really hard to achieve. Which is why we thought let's give ourselves a break and just say let's have a work life blend. Blend to me is more fluid. Very. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. Because a balance, again, if you look at the symbols, there are either sticks and plates or uh, scales or, um, you know, teeter-totter balance, not balance beam, but teeter-totter or seesaws. You're, it's very rigid. It's very up or down. And with the blend, it's very fluid. So, yeah, we're a couple. So we're at work and we might talk about something that is couple-y. Like, oh, we need to plan our, you know, next trip or what are you going to do? You know, what are we going to do for dinner or whatever? Or while we're at dinner, we may be talking about work. It's in different times of the day, you're going to find different things that are a little bit more of a priority. And so it's a fluid motion, more watercolor, you know, sure. kind of painting. Than yeah. And with our business, I think that's the way to do it that works best for us. Yeah. Not everyone can do it. I think some people do like to have more... I guess, strict or rigid mm -hmm. time frames. Um, but I kind of look at it with the blend. You prioritize and you set boundaries, but they're fluid. That doesn't mean that we don't set and try to meet deadlines or those boundaries. Mm -hmm. We do, but it's not in every case without fail all down the line. Right, right. When we say fluid, it doesn't mean we are lackadaisical about anything. No. It just means that we understand that sometimes, as business owners, we may do a little work on the weekends or talk about work in the evenings, or we may have to take some time out of a workday to handle something that is of a more life personal nature. Yeah. But we're just more fluid. And we have, again, we talk many times about the privilege of designing our day. We have that luxury. Not everyone does. If you have a business that has very strict hours and people are coming in, yeah, you're going to have to have yourself there or someone else. In either case, whether you're trying to achieve a balance or a blend, it's one of those, you're an entrepreneur, you're the business owner, you make the call. And it's just being, being intentional about that and then mm -hmm. letting go of the guilt. I think a lot of small business owners, particularly those who have children, often feel guilty about maybe they haven't spent enough time. Sure. But I think if you're intentional with the time you do spend and you're truly present, that's far more important than the number of plays you saw that the kid did or whatever. You know, I think just having that moment 
and yeah, being the kindergarten graduation. Right. <laughs> being there in the moment, the not looking parties. not looking at your phone. Yeah. So you choose kindergarten graduation. The balloon animals. Maybe you class. don't go to every single party. But it's just that the blend allows you to kind of say, okay, right now my kids are very young. I'm gonna need to prioritize some things with them that I might not have done for, you know, kids of another age that are a little bit more autonomous. That's okay as a business owner. You'll find your way, but don't judge yourself based on someone else's idea of what balance means. Yeah, that's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. To make that your standard and to make sure that you're trying to live up Mm -hmm. to whatever standard that is instead of setting your own. You set it up so that you have access after you have a moment where you're no longer needing to be present for them, that you can check things and make sure things are moving forward the way they're supposed to. Yeah. So use tools to help you achieve this blend. Did you ever have like, and again, you you had small children, but you weren't a business owner at the time, but no. you still worked for other people. Did you even consider like your work-life balance? How did you... Th- what did you think of the word balance at that time? When you're in the middle of it, it's very hard to back away mm-hmm. and try to see the process and try to judge how you would improve it based on your standards and your needs. For me, I would just say, okay, I know that I have X amount of work to do on this particular day. I have these deadlines. And if I have to, I'll go do what I need to do with my children And then I can come back later and burn a little midnight oil to get it done. Yeah. And this is where we talk a lot about the boundaries of, okay, I'm not going to work after this certain point of time in the day. Yeah. That's a good boundary to set, but is it, but maybe it shouldn't be so rigid. Maybe it's just, okay, during this week, I have something, I will allow this, but then I'm going to make up for it later. And again, that fluidity. Yeah. Of, of, you know, of stuff. Using those kinds of, and I guess you can set your own criteria and you kind of set up your own rules. Yeah. So that that's the fluidity. If I have this, then I do that. If I have a major deadline, then I put aside temporarily my desire to not work too much after a certain point. If this, then that. Well, my kids are sick, then I obviously rely on this system or these other people to Just take care them, of things. Like I used to, they're on their own. Or just walk it off. Yeah. Rub some dirt (laughs) on it, kids. You'll be fine. In our interview segment, we talked with Kaylee and Robert Fukui about how they make working together work for them. Hey, guys. Let's start with um, a very, like, a short question. How did this begin for you? But it actually covers a lot of stuff. It can also cover your relationship as well as your uh, business partnership. But kind of give us a little bit of your history. Yeah, so we met online. We met, uh, this is kind of before, I guess, online dating was as accepted as it is now, because this is, what, 19 years ago? 20. 20 years ago. Oh, so, wow. um, Yeah, we met online, So, and then we lived about an hour apart. And, um, you know, one of the things I remember early on in our dating life, Kaylee said to me that, well, I could see you having a business. And at the time, I was working for a pharmaceutical company. I was in marketing and sales, and that was been my career for like 25 years, so... And growing up, you know, having a business was not on the radar. My, my dad was actually a pastor, and he just told me to, you know, go to school, get a good job. <laughs> that was basically his guidance. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was kind of, I was never, I was always have a low risk tolerance anyway. So I thought that was too risky. So 
never really entertained the thought. And then Kaylee actually, you know, said that we weren't even married yet, but she said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I got it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> Kaylee had a different background, right? Yeah, I was raised in third generation entrepreneur family. And so I just thought most people have businesses. And when I met him, I could see it all over him. But he thought, no, no, no. I like it at corporate, working nine to five and having all the binnies. That is funny that you saw something he didn't, but then you guys joined forces and were able to create something. Yeah. So kind of when I hit uh, my mid-40s, I guess, you know, midlife crisis, <laughs> started thinking about, you know, what is the rest of my life going to look like? Do I stay you know, going up the corporate ladder or do something else. And then I did start to think about potentially having a business. But then the question was, what would that be? Because I never thought about it before. And so I kind of had to you know, print out this big list of all these different industries and one by one just checked them off and saying, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Until I finally decided, well, you know, you know, my background's in marketing. So why don't I do some consulting and maybe I'll find a business that I like that I'll, I'll start to build as I kind of start consulting with different business. What I found was I really loved that process of helping these small, privately held family business do better um, because there's a bit bigger, bigger enjoyment, greater enjoyment from that than being in the corporate environment. Because in there, it's just you know, from the shareholders, it's like what a, you know, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, you made your goals this quarter. What about next kind of thing? Yeah. Versus helping a privately held family business. I mean, you're dealing with the business owner themselves, and you see the direct impact in the business, but also, I mean, the family, the owner themselves, and then the family and the, t- the team, you know, they have employees. And so you s- directly see the impact it has in a deeper level than I did in a corporate environment. And so I really loved that. So I decided to, to go in on that and then start developing that consulting business on the side while I still held my, you know, day job. And I was really you know, starting to put in a lot of hours, of course, you know, I had to, I had a fulfillment obligation to my employer so, which meant, you know, working on consulting would be the evenings. And then it was like 2 a.m. sometimes. A lot yeah. of times is when I get to bed. You know, by the time Friday night and Saturday hits, I'm wiped out emotionally and mentally. I'm exhausted. And so I'd be with Kaylee on weekends, but yet I'm not really emotionally present because I'm tired. So tired. And that's when I started looking at things like, what, you know, do I have to work this late? I mean, I mean, why am I working so hard so, so long? hours because I kind of felt I kind of fell into this trap like a lot of entrepreneurs face is that you got to sacrifice your personal life you got to work a lot of hours and I started doing that and then I started questioning that and I'm like well wait a second what if how can I get to bed by 11 o'clock like if I just put a, a goal of getting to bed by 11 now that forced me to think about you know the things that I was doing for the business was it was everything productive and started to see how can I be more productive with the time I have that so I can get to bed by 11 yet still doesn't impact the growth of the side business. So that was kind of the first part of that aha, because I started seeing it even with our clients that they're working so hard. And what I found was that they're waste not so much, they didn't realize they're wasting a lot of time, but they were being very inefficient with the time and the money that they had, they were putting into the business. And that's when I started to see the, effect of how the business was also affecting the relationship because it was affecting ours. And so that's what kind of started kind of this journey of what we're doing now. I think sometimes people who are in business to they're like they're so in the trenches and they're so busy 
they don't have time to step back and look at the yeah. inefficiencies and look at mm-hmm. at the cost. So you guys decided that there are better ways. So tell us a little bit about your consulting business and when you joined forces and about how long ago was that? So I left the corporate job about six years ago. And even when I started doing the consulting on the side, Kaylee asked me, you know, how can I help? And I responded, no, nothing. He was really excited about that. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, we, we had a good marriage. And I said, why ruin it by working together? <laughs> um, so initially I resisted, but she kept persisting because, you know, that's kind of how she was brought up. She was brought up in family business. So it was kind of natural for her. And so slowly I started, you know, doing some things. And what I realized was, you know, because we had done so much work in counseling before we even got married and really working around communication and conflict resolution. And so what I realized was we were able to, even when we had disagreements, we were able to work through it in a healthy way and not let it become a, you know, a wall between us. And so um, I sort of realized, okay, she, it can, we can work together. And also because we have complementary skills that, you know, who better to work alongside with, with my spouse, with my wife that has, that wants the best for me because it helps her. And, you know, it's, it's basically we have, it's mutually beneficial and we have the same vision, right? In your book, Tandem, you compare couplepreneurship, and yes, that's a term now, because I just made it up. I know you've never seen it before. With, <laughs> you compare it with riding a tandem bike. Um, what are a few ways that you two can make that, or you two suggest how to make that work better together? Well, as Robert was saying earlier, we a lot of times we marry somebody with different strengths. So working together and allowing your spouse to um, use their giftings and be strong in that. Sometimes we want to put them in positions of things that they're not good at. And I've been in that position before with uh, QuickBooks. That's not my thing, but I said I would do it because... I didn't want to do it. (laughs) 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 It just made... uh, I would would put it off doing the QuickBooks, and then he would ask me, is it done? And I said, no. And then eventually I get around to it and then he's like, oh, it's not right. And then I'm frustrated. He's frustrated. So it was a vicious circle as opposed to if you know what direction you're going, it's a lot easier to work together and to meet that goal. And then when we did ride the tandem bike for the first time on our book tour. (laughs) You did? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, One of my friends in my mastermind group said, oh, we got a we've got a tandem bike you can ride. But, you know, he lives in Houston. We live here in California. So I said, oh, you know, that's not going to happen. But it ended up when we did our book tour, we decided to stop in Houston to see him. And uh, so we rode the bike for our first time. And I'm like. Yeah, there are some marriage lessons here. <laughs> yeah. Honey, it's hard. with me, work with me. <laughs> it is harder. I've watched videos. There was a uh, this group that did actually three people. It was a tandem three-seater. They went across the country, uh, and it is harder to ride that than you think. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't help when you're arguing about what your partner's not doing. <laughs> You got to talk about what you want to do, where we're headed, and what do we what you want to what what you want to have happen, right? Instead of just squabbling over what you're not doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Or I mean, in my case, I would just sit in the back and just pretend <laughs> I was peddling. Yep, yep, that's Kelly. Okay, that, that sounds so, about right. I got I got to tell you, Jody. So Robert, I wanted to do a tandem bike for years, and he never wanted to do it because. He's like, honey, what am I going to do with you? I can't put you in the front because we're at the beach. I love the beach. You know, he's going to be, you're going to be checking out dolphins and whales and shininess all over the place. 
He's like, I can't put you in the back because then you're not going to pedal. <laughs> you know what to do with me. Yeah, I know. I we Glenn has a little bit of shiny object syndrome every once in a while. A little, yes. well, a lot. Um, but I would be the same way if we're at a beach for sure. And yeah, and then you have to start off like you have to make sure you're balanced, and you got to start moving almost immediately. And it's yeah, that's uh-huh. oh, but that is you know it is that's a great metaphor for a marriage and working together as in a business. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, so. As with most couples, you you kind of alluded to this a little bit, uh, Robert, about the the sheer volume of work when you're just getting started, and the fact that as a couple you're spending all day in the business, and then all you know maybe in the evening you're talking about it. How do you guys keep the business from totally consuming your lives, but you're still growing it? So it's not a case of like just on autopilot. Yeah, I mean the first phase is boundaries because when we don't establish boundaries in the business we're just gonna put more time in you know if we don't know if we're trying to fix something or, or grow it we're, we're just gonna put more time in because we haven't established any kind of parameters and how to work under boundaries is number one is making sure that okay when we're home um that there's no phones at the dinner table you know we're not answering texts at all you know all hours of night or weekends you know, those little things where business is still creeping into your life, even when you're technically off the clock, right? So really establishing those boundaries and hold ourselves to that. Um, that's the first phase, right? And I'd say priorities. Then after that, like what is important? I mean, we can just be busy being busy, to be honest with you. But what are the important things that you need to get done to move the business forward and to grow? Yeah, we kind of audit our time. We audit our time in the business. And so constantly looking and evaluating, you know, the time I'm putting in, what am I doing? And are all these activities productive? And if not, then do we try to improve that or do we get rid of it? Or, you know, how do we make sure that we're focusing our time on the right activities that are going to grow the business that is beneficial? And it's not just get caught up in the weeds of things that are just keeping us busy. Yeah, can it be something you can automate? There's a lot of different things. I do like the idea that when you were talking about setting boundaries, because one of the things we find is people often ask, you know, how do you not keep talking about the business all the time? And we do find ourselves. It's like one of the rules we break. But then we thought Mm -hmm. couples talk about their work all the time. Like if you're out over dinner, how was your day? So it's going to creep in. But that Mm -hmm. maybe the boundary is not necessarily no talk outside of work as much as, okay, this is what we're going to work on and we're not going to work where we have to, you know, work all night in bed by 11. Does that, you know, does that make sense? Is that kind of what you guys do in terms of setting your boundaries? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said, you know, talking about work is natural to creep in. So we do hold ourselves accountable for that or hold each other accountable, you know, give each other the eye kind of thing. But also we establish that, um, okay, let's not talk about it now, but we'll talk about it first thing in the morning or something like that. We'll table it. Make sure that we're setting time to talk about that issue, because I think what happens and then we have weekly meetings, right, that we're totally focused on those business issues. And so the things that aren't urgent, we table it for the weekly meetings and the things that are a little bit more urgent. We just make sure, okay, first thing in the morning or, or whatever, that's when we'll talk about it. But the reason why these these business topics come up during personal time over dinner is because we don't have in mind when we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to bring it up, right? But if we establish, okay, let's, okay, this is important. So let's talk about it at nine o'clock tomorrow or whatever. 
then at least both parties know that, okay, you know, I can get off my mind because I, I brought it up and we'll talk about it tomorrow or the next day or whatever, or in our weekly meetings. And so establishing when we're going to talk about these things also helps. And then occasionally if there is emergency, those come up, but those should be, you know, the minority of the time, not, not the rule. Right. And I remember last year when we went on vacation, I had to be really intentional about when we went that I didn't want to talk about work the whole time. It took me like maybe three days. So that meant I wasn't checking emails and doing a lot of social media because then I see that and then I want to talk about it. Sure. And so it was kind of challenging. But after I got past that hump, then I was OK because we had told our clients before, hey, we're going to be out of town and you have our phone number if it's an emergency. Uh but we didn't hear from them. So that was, there was no emergencies, which is good. That is priceless to have clients that can respect your boundaries like that, along with you setting them for yourselves. You've also done that for your clients. Yeah. In fact, I had one of one of our clients, you know, was talking about one of his biggest clients was pretty much represented 80% of the revenue for their business. Um, he said, you know, they're starting to annoy me because they're calling me all the time. It's not just, the owner it's like you know some of the employees the staff and all that mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's an engineering company so you know he's like getting annoyed and it's like but it's our biggest client and he, he kind of wants to get rid of them <laughs> but that's the biggest client right yeah and i and i said have you ever thought about setting up a standing weekly meeting with them mm -hmm. and then because the reason why they're calling is because well when are they going to talk to you right that's the question that it's in their mind so if you establish a weekly meeting then most of those issues that most of it is not an emergency but needs to be talked about but then if you have a standing meeting then those phone calls during the week kind of start to dissipate and so sure enough that happened right because majority of those calls weren't emergencies it's just in their mind client's mind is when i'm going to talk about it so you just pick up the phone well and clients will call you all the time if you don't set some kind of standards with them about what your schedule looks like I mean, most people honor that. They just kind of know right. what the expectation is, right? And so a lot of we allow those things to creep in. And if we don't establish those uh, expectations and communicate that, then that's what happens. But when you're able to communicate that, most people honor that. We're going to close with the million-dollar question. Or I guess with inflation, it'd be a billion-dollar question. Now. <laughs> what is the one thing that you would say to couples who work together? I would say we have, Robert and I have a weekly meeting every Monday at 3.30, and we talk about the finances, we go over our calendar for the whole week or month, we talk about where we're at with our business, what's going on, uh, we check in with each other, we give each other an encouraging word. It also has helps us establish like when we're in a busy season, okay, when are we going to have that date night or something like that to reward ourselves after the stretch? Because otherwise we just go on for one thing to another. Yeah. Um, and then for me, it was, uh, you're on the same team, right? Don't let these little disagreements create, you know, a wall between you because you actually agree on more things than you realize. We just recently had kind of one of these issues where we're in kind of a conflict and even kind of spilled over into our evening walk. And then when I got got back, I was in my office and I was I was thinking, hey, we actually agree on more things than we disagree. We just have one little item that we're in disagreement on. But the big in the big picture, this issue, we're actually in agreement on how we move forward. So I, I went into the living room and I said, honey, do you realize I agree with you more than I disagree? And I said, no. 
you know whatever we're agreeing on this this big this big part of the decision and we just have this one little thing we need to decide on and she's like oh okay and then we just came to agreement on that one last little thing but we allowed that one we got so focused on that one little piece of disagreement that it totally started to ruin the almost ruined the evening right and so yeah. that was just that's one small example is we agree on more things than we disagree on so don't let the little things get in the way guys this has been so good and uh, we're going to put a link in our show notes to how to get the tandem book we hope that we can talk to you again this has just been great thank you guys yeah you guys you guys are a lot thank of fun you. thanks yes this was great It's time now for another edition of Either Or. Or is it Either Or? Either Or. Either way. Either Either Or. This is going to be fun. Okay. You think so? I, well, you know, it's maybe gonna not. Tough. It's going to be I, tough. I made okay. this one tough. You well, thought, you did the last one. No, that wasn't that tough. It's, oh. Wait till you see this okay, one. Wait right. till you hear this one. All right. The concept of this is Glenn has selected two things that you probably don't think are in any way connected, but there's something about it that I need to choose. It's either this or that. Last time it was Taylor Swift lyric or line from The Godfather. Yes. And again, surprisingly, a lot of similarities. And by the way, I didn't tell you about this, but there was a horse's head in the car a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we <laughs> should have Swiftie? done. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Didn't they don't like you talking about her. Okay. Yeah. All right. This so what's one this is, one? Is it a food item mm -hmm. or a city name? Oh, okay. Yeah. At first I think, oh, that's going to be easy, but you've picked some very obscure city names and probably oh, some very obscure know. food items. If, if you know your globe, you should be in <laughs> Well, then you're in, you're definitely going to be disappointed because geography was no. And most of these food items I will mention are condiments. Okay. They're not by themselves edible. Well, don't judge. Unless, you know, if you just want to sit like at the hot dog eating contest <laughs> and drink a gallon of Tabasco. Yeah, that's up to them. Which is a condiment. I'll yes. give you that one. That's okay. up to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one. Okay. Amba. A-M-B-A. Amba. Amba. I'm going to go with city. I'm sorry, Jody. That's a condiment made from pickled green mangoes. Oh, pickled green mangoes. And I imagine because there's a kind of a tart aspect to the mangoes, a mm -hmm. sort of a not savory but tart, mm -hmm. that that might be pretty good. I'll take your word for Unless it. Unless there's something else in it, like, you know, scorpion stingers or I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay, number two, Majuro. 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 Okay, I'm going to go with city. That sounds city-ish. That is a city. Hey! Way to go. That's the capital of the Marshall Islands. Oh, I probably should have known that, but I don't. Yeah, I don't um, I, I don't think there are many other cities in the Marshall Islands. I, I, I thought you were going to say, I don't think many people know that. And I was going to say, you, you know, that's good. I'm not, I'm not the only Majuro. one. <laughs> Come on. Well, now you make me feel, okay, so I, okay. Bear with me on number three. This is kind of hard to pronounce. I'm going to call it Setinje. 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 It's spelled C-E-T-I-N-J-E. -E. Condiment? Sorry. Oh. It's the capital of Montenegro. And it sounded spicy. 
Well, it does. And they may have a Setenge sauce that you yeah. can have there. The <laughs> capital of Montenegro is also the home of a monastery, which is the alleged resting place of John the Baptist's right hand. Just his hand? Just his hand. Okay. His right hand. Well, okay, yeah. I don't know where the rest of him is. That is okay. Well, you got to have a claim to fame. I mean, I guess it's better than a, the giant ball of yarn is our claim to fame or whatever know. city, you know. Man, if you had both of them, that's Yahtzee. They're your tourist destination Mecca. for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number four. Mm-hmm. Tukupi. <laughs> Tukupi. It's T-U-C-U-P-I. Uh, Tukupi. Condiment? Correct. It's oh, made of woo. the cassava plant, which is poisonous. I don't poisonous. even know what that is. The cassava plant is poisonous unless prepared properly. So, This is a very risky condiment. Yeah, keep so not, Keep not knowing what it is. I will keep not knowing, and I will stick to mustard. Yeah. That'll be... <laughs> mustard. <laughs> that, yeah. I don't think there's anything deadly about that. Yeah. Or ketchup. Or ketchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number right. five. Belmopan. Belmo Pond. Belmo Pond. Yes. B E L M O P A N. City? Yes, it is the capital of Belize. Oh. The Central American Again, country of Belize. I should have known. I mean, these are capital cities. It's not like these are like obscure, but not not a category that is my strong suit. Like when we do trivia nights at some places, give me, you know, language, movie, TV, and then you take music. Our brother-in-law would take sports, you know, that kind of thing. What's the capital of Oklahoma? Duh. That's right. It's <laughs> Duh, Oklahoma. Is it Oklahoma City? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, I, I was like, wait, is it obvious? Is it too obvious that Oklahoma City is the capital of Oklahoma? Okay. Number six. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait how are, are you keeping my score? No, I'm not. I thought it, you would do it's, that. No, it's probably not worth it because I don't think I'm I doing think very good. I think you're kind good. of break now. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, number six is Colatura. Colatura. C-O-L-A-T-U-R-A. Okay. I'm going to say condiment. Yes. Because of cola. Uh, is it something to do with the... No. Oh. It's Italian sauce made of fermented anchovies. Oh. Never had it, but you're supposed to put it on your noodles. Okay. Make your noodles stand right up in the bowl. It will. I was going to say that... All right, so number okay. seven. How many do we have? We have eight. eight. This is next All right. to Whew. last. Okay. Yeah. Ljubljana. Uh, and I'll spell it for you. L- <laughs> that'll, J- that'll help. <laughs> L-J-U-B-L-I-J-A-N-A. Do you want me to use it in a sentence? <laughs> the word you have to figure out My is... My Ljubljana is swollen. <laughs> I'm going with city. It is. Oh. The capital of Sylvania. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Ljubljana. Ljubljana. I'm going to just start saying that. Ljubljana. Just, it's, it has a very sing-songy kind well, of. It's kind of soothing. Like I like the Oklahoma. Ljubljana. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Wind goes screaming down the plane. Oh, okay. okay. Number eight in our final our question. Our final one. Here. Is it a condiment or is it a city? Well, I'm not going to tell you that. No, that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that's a category. Oh, you just wanted me to help you cheat. I do want you to help me oh, cheat. Okay. okay. Beria. Or okay. is it Beria? I'm not sure. I didn't get to the pronunciation guide on this. I... Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's a city in Kentucky. 
Berea. No, no, no. If it's spelled oh. differently, it is. But no, this is spelled oh. B-I-R-R-I-A. Oh, then no, that's not at all. Berea is B-E-R-E-A in yes. Kentucky. And it's a very nice um, nice place to visit if you like crafts. And, yeah? Yeah. What kind of crafts? Crafts. So, and Delsimers, I think they make. But anyway, um, okay, so I'm going to go with condiment. Outstanding. Woo-hoo! It's a chili sauce made of chilies. <laughs> It's from Mexico. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Chili sauce made of chilies. No, is it poisonous or deadly? Uh, I don't see either one. Chilies, I mean, they might be deadly if you just, you know, start packing down the ghost peppers or whatever. Or rubbing your eyes. I will do an honorable mention here, which is you would never mistake it for a capital city. It's banana ketchup. Banana when I was looking ketchup. at this, yeah, it's apparently very popular in the Philippines. Yeah. And is it actually made of bananas? Uh, as the name implies, yeah. Huh. They'll use it with their French fries, they'll put it on their burgers, you know, things like that, like you would regular ketchup. Huh. Who knew? Well, I'm going to make you some. Ooh, don't. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a podcast helping couples work better together. We put out new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, subscribe using your favorite streaming service. We're on all of them. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, go ahead, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a rating or review. And be sure to visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com, To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.